So I'm extremely ticklish. <laughs> oh. Tempt me. Good don't tempt me this way. But here, but here's don't the tempt us. Here's the catch. So I'm extremely, naughty, I'm naughty. extremely ticklish, but I can turn it off. Like what? I can just. So you're a sociopath. No, I can, I can just. So. so <laughs> Literally. All right. So. Oh my goodness. Like I'm thinking about the ability to do that. And I have no other word. You supply it. Can you imagine the like, sight? It's like. Just do like eat kids. Just like good like, like this. Eat like, for fun. <laughs> <laughs> so. So like I can I can just like stop I can just I tense up and I can stop being ticklish. I just can. And so it stresses Beth it's out because real. every so often she'll like put me in the side and I'll laugh. <laughs> We're all serial killers. And 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 I hated every one of y'all. Oh I did not say that. <laughs> Welcome to Products of Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. My name is Lawson Harlow, and with me today, I have Don Terrell and Blake McCullough with a live studio audience. Yep. <laughs> Don's mad now. <laughs> I'm not moving on. Do we start doing this? Do we start doing what? We've gotten lazy about it. Get back to our liturgy. Oh, so Don. What are we doing today? Thank you. So today. I always love saying that. <laughs> so today. So today. That's the whole point. I know. Uh, today, we wrap it up. The A, the T, the F. The ATF. Ending with, appropriately, the F. Mm. Firearms. <laughs> pow, pow, kapow. Pow, pow, pachow. All right. So, I listen for continuity. Like, I listen to past episodes and I like not past previous previous episode I listen well for this is rough okay. <laughs> get it out uh, are hard. and it, it hit me like something that was talked about because we talk about so much we really do and it really flows into the week and so this week in the pastor's parlor going over the uh, sermon Lawson uh I think it was the section of scripture where in Romans 8, where I said he quotes later, maybe in 9? No, it's 10. Is it 10? Are you the, remembering the this word, conversation? The word was the near, word yeah. is, is near your, mm-hmm. like he, he says, like heart, in your heart mouth. and near your mouth. And yeah. I'm like, it's not look at Lawson. I'm like, so where's he quoting from, Lawson? And he says Deuteronomy. He says, I say Deuteronomy. Or you say Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Yeah, I go, exactly. And I go, wow, like, why would he be quoting from Deuteronomy? And the whole, like, the whole, (laughs) let me use his word, the whole premise of his sermon on Mm -hmm. Romans 8 was we're adopted children. And Mm -hmm. by by the spirit of adoption, we cry, Abba, Father. And so, you know, sometimes we, like, lose ourselves in, like, the... I don't know what am I. What am I doing the with my ether? hands? Yeah, it's just like we're like we we lose we lose our tethering to like what the biblical oh, example word. would be. Yeah, and so I was like, Lawson, why is he quoting Deuteronomy? And he says, I don't know. Tell me, Don, because you do that all the time. Yeah, because I don't want to play your. Game. I don't want to play the game right now. <laughs> yeah, so I and, 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 and preach in twenty and minutes. And I'm, yeah, <laughs> less than twenty minutes. It's like ten, eleven. <laughs> Stop I, it. Not, so I was I'm reading the other day. Game. <laughs> So I'm in the Exodus. <laughs> so I said the Exodus, and he goes, "If there's any person that is going to make me hate the Exodus, <laughs> it's you. It's you." And he said, "You know what? We've already got the next book picked out, but I'm I'm not sure 
if I'm going to go there. And so I'm coming on record right now. That no, we've no, no, oh, no. Yeah, that we've known no, for years. No. <laughs> I won't no. say it. I'll imply it. I reject this. I, re- I reserve the right. <laughs> because last week's episode, uh, the previous episode, y'all made fun of me of being like the guy at seminary. Did you mm-hmm. know the uh, <laughs> Did you know the Exodus guy? Stay the away Exodus from this guy. Yeah. You can see him because like there's a gleam on his head as he approaches. I mean, so I was listening to another podcast. I just glowed too. Yeah. Mm, stop. My favorite bald thing in scripture is go on baldy, go on baldy. And like the she bears come <laughs> out and eat, not just like grown people but kids <laughs> <laughs> no it's just kids it's the youths yes yeah Wait, it's like yeah cut don't that make out fun, of my uh, a verse taken out of context yeah don't make testament fun of all people survey. you, you didn't did what? that i cut that out of my talk my old testament survey <gasps> lecture i'm just now realizing that i cut that out for time was that in there yeah yeah okay. in what'd you do first second kings yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sad i am yeah when when that there a whole night of just uh, that they were teasing him. Go they were on. teasing him because he's bald. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I was listening to another podcast. Wait, <gasps> hold on, hold on, hold on. They were teasing someone else. Wait, 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 wait. They were teasing Elijah, right? Yeah. Okay. Every picture I've ever seen painted of Elijah, he's got like flowing locks. Well, everybody starts like that. Yeah. All right. All right. And this pastor was asked, like, what does he read for leisure? Mm. And he was saying, like, <laughs> I read for leisure, but I read mainly for sermon illustrations and so i was like golly i i am totally different because i'm sitting on the couch this week mm. and i'm watching one of my most favorite uh netflix shows if you don't watch it you should watch it it's meat eater do you know this show no where he he literally kills and eats oh. like the whole show is he goes to these like places to hunt and he like shoots them. He shoots them and then like breaks the animal down mm. and does like a gourmet style dish. Mm. And so this week, as part of my, like, I don't necessarily read for leisure. I do, but I love watching good shows. Especially like you read for leisure until you started Fox's Book of Martyrs. Yeah, and then that killed me. But he's like, I don't, I don't read, <laughs> I don't anymore. read anymore. That's what derailed me. I know it did. I remember. All right, so I was watching Netflix, uh, Meat Eater, and they had a Pennsylvania flintlock season. That's where he goes. He goes like to Pennsylvania, hunts with a flintlock. And so out of this episode, they start using, they start going through all the idioms that come from flintlocks. And I just start looking or I looked at Julie and I go, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> this is the same week we're doing the firearm episode. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> All right. That was it. Are you giving so it to us? Well, I wanted to know, like selfishly, if you if you could be taken credibly from the pulpit and quote a movie. <laughs> you know, because it's like one thing to like quote a book. Like, mm. Oh, this guy read. Oh, yeah, cool. But I'm like, if it's meaningful. I've quoted Yoda. <laughs> have Stop you? it. I really have. From the pulpit. There do not From this no pulpit? No. Okay. When I was 19. What would you quote, Blake? Uh... I don't know, like something that makes me sound cool, right? Like, uh, I don't know what what's a cool movie. There's actually no way to quote a movie while you're preaching and sound mm-hmm. cool, though. Though many people do it, really? Yeah, 
I always think my ideas are original. This is a joke, right? I've you, always seen like there I'm, are literally churches that do full sermon series. I'm using oh, air quotes, I know a guy movies. that I grew up with that's in ministry now, and his entire sermon series was doing sermons about strange stories in the Bible. And guess what? They opened it to Stranger Things. Yes, the so, music, the whole thing, and I was like. This is so cringe. I'm ashamed, but I did do a series on Romans 6 as a youth pastor and called it The Walking Dead. Wow. Wow. I know. I should probably leave. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go on without me. For y'all. Lawson's, Lawson's y'all can't see Lawson. He is. <laughs> He's in tears. His He's two stunned. fingers, his thumb, and his pointer finger. I'm just really grateful for sanctification. Dead in the center of his nose. Hey, bro. We, if we were throwing up old sermons, we're all. I'm out too. I'm big out. All right. So this this Pennsylvania hunting season, you're not allowed to hunt on Sundays. Amen. You know why? You know why? To let the animals rest. It's the Quaker state. Oh. So there's these old Quaker laws that are like still enacted. I thought that was fascinating. Right? Do you think they had like a biblical, I mean, do that, do you think? They did have a biblical (laughs) interpretation of why I guess you shouldn't hunt. Yeah, recreation. You think so? Or do you think it was like the shedding of blood? No, it's recreation. Sabbath, you rest from all works except works of necessity, including recreation based upon at least most Sabbatarian views. Is but would hunting be originally considered recreation? Probably, unless it was an act or of necessity. necessity. But it's kind of like my grandfather always said: you can get your you can get your mule out of the ditch on Sunday if you didn't push him in it on Saturday. That's interesting. Good. Which is like if you if you set yourself up to work on Sunday, then th- that doesn't count. Hmm. Interesting. So you just let your mule die, I guess. All right. So speaking of the day of the week, poor mule. Saturday. We're going to meet up Mercy Hill. Yes, we are. At Home Place Pastures home in Place. Como, Mississippi. It I, is a real live working farm and it has a butcher shop store on there with a dude who cooks. And it's like you can eat for like between eight and ten bucks and so it's super affordable. They cook their own meats there. They have all sorts of Most things. Most restaurants do cook their own meat. Well, I mean, they I grow it on the hoof and then slaughter it. They grow it. They don't break it, it down. on Sundays, though. No, I have two questions. Okay. Question number one. Have you confirmed that it's open? No, because it's always open. It's a restaurant, man. Yeah, yeah so it's Phillips Grocery. Number two. <laughs> I don't, it's not, actually. Number two, and actually the most anymore. important. Oh, bring a lawn chair. There's picnic tables outside. <laughs> we need to post that on Facebook. Oh, well. Okay. Sorry, number second two, question. Is there a bathroom on site? Probably. There, is you there know, a tree? A is a question. better question. It is a great question because if we go and there's not a bathroom on site, I will not be eating. They have trees. I will not. I'm be sure eating. they do. It's probably code. Probably got to. All I'm, all I'm saying is, if I end up in the back of a grocery store trying to go to the bathroom, they don't right, have it's, a, it's a small, small little place. But bring extra money, folks, because you're gonna want to buy like some pork chops or some steaks or something. Like half oh, a cow. Oh, they have fresh bacon. <gasps> Homemade Ooh, bacon. I'll do that. And homemade breakfast sausage. Oh, uh, even better. They have all sorts. I mean, it's just, it's a fascinating place. I love it. I got myself so hyped from giving the, the like the hype commercial. Yeah. Giving the witness that that same week. You went? I went. <laughs> <laughs> Don't choke today. Beth, Beth listened to the podcast for the first time ever because she was traveling. I said, look, it's a funny one. You'll laugh. It'll be. And she said, yeah, I got about to the point where you started coughing endlessly. I'm, I pushed through, but I thought to myself, 
just leave, Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because I got so frustrated. My, I was like, I'm going to you this podcast right now. It was like taking shots, bullets, not shots. Sorry, mixing episodes up. Some metaphors. All right, so war. What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> God, <laughs> did you know that? That's so, so uh, recently, a young man was at my house who's interested in my daughter, and they were playing. <laughs> they were playing War, the card game. Yeah, and so he said, "I've got some jalapenos that come off the fresh plant out in the garden, mm. and they're like blistered and angry because oh. they're mad, like oh. they've been out there." And so I said, I, I brought a bunch in. I was like, man, these are going to be so hot. And he said, whoever loses this has to eat one. Friendly way. I was like, all right. I rinsed it off. I laid it on their card game. <laughs> <clears throat> sure enough, he loses. I thought the I thought this guy was going to just take a bite. He ate the whole thing? He ate the whole thing. Oh. Did your respect for him instantly go up? Oh, I was scared for him. <laughs> like, I started, <laughs> I I started blushing. I was like... Uh oh! <laughs> he starts flinging his hair, sweating, downs a whole bottle of water, and goes, "That was hot. That's real hot. It's burning. Like it should it be burning everywhere." He goes, "My ears are burning. Like his ear canals were burning." And all of a sudden, he hiccuped. Oh no! And I knew then we were in a bad spot together. And so, like, I'm super empathetic, and I'm I feel so bad for him. And I'm like, but he did it to himself, you know. So I go, hey man, do you do you want some milk or something? Because I've heard and like he had this look in his eyes that I've cast back to other people before, and it was a look of I'm gonna vomit. Like if you offer dairy, I'm gonna puke. And so I already know, like if I'm 16 at my prospective girlfriend's I house know, with their parents, it is a bad bad. As I said, I said, brother, if you're gonna puke. Don't do it in here. That makes the situation worse. Nobody wants to hear you puking. And as soon as I said puke, that was the solution to his problem. And I go, front door, yard, yard, yard. He couldn't hardly get the door unlocked. Gets out the front door onto the patio and is is like duck walking, running while he's throwing up in between his legs. I spent the end of that evening with the water hose out, hosing all the sidewalk so war it's not necessarily I, always wait, 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 wait. Hold, on, hold on i need to know i need to know how much of that was how much of that was hyperbole none of it y'all think I, charles comes up to me after episodes and he's like come on man you were like hamming that up like the bum like the bum story throwing rocks and i'm like no dude that really happened he asked julie and julie goes word for word <laughs> i just i just shared that story word for word i can't believe that so First of all, how long ago was this? Like a month. Has he recovered? Yeah, he but I always around? joke with him. Hey, man, do you like spicy food? <laughs> I got some <laughs> chips in here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so with that, gentlemen. Golly, not again. Here we go. <laughs> so with that, gentlemen. I got to think about this. Should we say ladies and gentlemen since there are women that listen? Or is this, are, a, are, this is opening to us, right? Yeah, okay. I think it's us. All right. So with that, gentlemen, <laughs> let's have a blast. Or uh, that, was, that was weak. Let's, pl- let's pray it's not just a flash in the pan. <laughs> or watch yourself and let's keep our powder dry. I like that one. So the phrase, the keep phrase, your keep dry, your, your money stacked. <laughs> 
And your, <laughs> your joke's, joke's fresh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So keep our powder dry. The phrase originates from Flint, Flint, mm, Flint Lock muskets, which had a small pan to hold a charge of gunpowder from the time when the Flint Lock firearms were popular. This charge was used to ignite the main charge when the musket was fired. When an attempt to fire the musket resulted in the gunpowder flaring up without the bullet being fired, it was called a flash in the pan. It would be known as a flash in the pan if the fire and the arms could not get through to be able to ignite the charge, but the, I don't even know what this word is, coruscation caused some noise and smoke, but no other actual effect. The phrase refers to a short and ineffective spasmodic effect that does not last for more than one attempt. The explosion in the case of the firearm would not go beyond the priming in the lock pan and does not set off the gun. That's a lot. You know what is a word I said the other day that y'all didn't believe existed? Audience, don't say anything. It's a real wor- word. I know, we Googled it. Royal. Oh, yeah. The yeah, water was it. roiling. Yeah, roiling. These up. two guys, one being an English teacher, said he just made that word up. <laughs> <laughs> don't I, you have to memorize the dictionary did to be stuff. an English teacher? Yeah, I mean, mostly at thesaurus. <laughs> I actually do do did think that you were confusing royal and rile. Uh, and when I looked it up, uh, rile is royal is a derivative of rile. So uh, you weren't. Okay. I was Etymology. the dummy. Yeah. All right. So um, speaking of this episode being firearms, Lawson has firsthand experience of people being unwise with firearms. My daughter was over there babysitting one night. Oh, God. And gunshots yeah. rang out. Happens frequently. What is this guy doing? <coughs> he, um, so he has, he loads his AR with blanks and shoots them at geese in his front yard. Oh, they're blanks. Well, we didn't we know think. that. <clears throat> yeah, we assume. I, I, that's what I was told. But I've called the police two or three times. Now, I, the first time it happened, I mean, I, I put Beth and Rowan in the, in the back closet, got my gun and was trying to figure out what was happening. I mean, you hear gunshots in your backyard. I mean, and and they are close. Like they are not. They're probably maybe twenty yards away. Really? Yeah, if that. Okay. Scary. So, no joke. Mythbusters. Are you familiar with Myth Mythbusters? Yes. The show. They did a whole episode on trying to determine the. I guess the velocity of a falling bullet. Oh, watch that one. Do you remember this? I mean, that was a long time ago, but I remember it, yeah. What'd you think about it? it What'd you learn? Nothing I don't remember. Oh, it actually is. Like I you, remember the Like, pictures. you can kill somebody. Don't shoot a gun in the air. Yeah, there was yeah, actually yeah. an article on uh, local news, like around 4th of July in West Memphis. A guy pa- oh, passed I away. Oh, yeah. I feel like that happens pretty regularly. It does happen pretty regularly. It's called, like, falling bullet. Um, so, anyways... <laughs> What a day, honestly. I know it. <laughs> it's like raining bullets. There's like some cultures around the world, that's what they do. Yeah, they shoot. They yeah. just go out on whatever holiday and just fire off some rounds. So, pow, 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 Um, So today, I was thinking about this episode. Yeah. I was wanting to go one way. Yeah. But then as I was driving here, I wanted to kind of go another way. Yep. But now uh-huh. I'm torn. You know there are pastors who do that on Sunday morning. Really? Yep. <laughs> Not here. <laughs> Not here. So now no. I'm kind of torn, like, like which way do we go? Night, and you've gotten a couple, too. 
Wait, what? Every so often we have to call an audible and he'll call me at the oh, last time oh. was when he, uh, when <clears throat> Isaiah was born. And then the, the last time for me was when I was sick. Yeah. 4 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have a verse. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So what do you think the difference between morals and ethics are? Morals are the standard by which you live. Ethics are the way you work them out. That's what mm-hmm. I, that's how I would say. Mm-hmm. Is that what you would say? Yeah. So I looked up Encyclopedia Britannica mm. and the last oh, one. Wait, wait, can you just quote it for us? It's just a foremost authority. No, we, we do Americana. Gotcha. Okay. Wait, what? Just the joke is that he had to memorize the dictionary, the thesaurus, and the encyclopedia. <laughs> What's so an encyclopedia? the last line of the article says uh, that the line is as clear as a line drawn in the sand, which means it's kind of super confusing. And the line is more often to di- differentiate morality from ethics. The onus is on the ethicist to state the definitions of both terms. Oh, well, then we have ours. So we do have ours, right? We are ethicists. So... In all fairness, I, mean, I think that's a fair assessment. So like the hunting on Sunday type laws seemingly <clears throat> were informed from a biblical morality. Yeah. And so like much in the same way, I think we have some laws now that perhaps we would do well to consider in light of biblical revelation. Mm. So this, this episode is kind of birthed from, are we pacifist? This is the question. Are we pacifist? When to draw? When to flee? Is it wrong to draw? Is it wrong not to own a sword or i.e. a gun? Mm. Like right or wrong? Like so that's kind of the that's kind of the whole gotcha. ethos of the uh Fair. of the uh episode. episode. Yeah. So Exodus twenty two two help him out. Yeah, no, words are <laughs> Austin's hard. ready to get going. Exodus twenty two two. Read it, Austin. Oh, I have it. If a thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no blood guilt for him. Don't yep. you love how the Exodus ties in? <laughs> I mean, that's not the Exodus. That's the I book know, of Exodus. I know, the book of Exodus. So what, break that out. Break it down, color it in. Let's talk about it. If someone's in your house trying to steal your goods, especially if you really cannot know the intention of the individual in your home and you protect your home, there is no blood guilt for it, meaning that blood guilt, by the way, would mean that you should be fleeing to a refuge city, a city mm. of refuge, or there is an avenger of blood coming to kill you. Mm. So in the case of you defending your home and protecting your family, there is no blood guilt. Therefore, you need not flee to a city of refu- refuge, and there, there can be no one coming after you for to be an avenger of blood. Okay. <clears throat> The guys I'm meeting with were going through Exodus, and we just read chapter 22. Oh, yeah. I was always confused by the next verse. Which I don't know if you're going to get to that, but it's like, it's weird. If if the sun has risen on him, there shall be blood guilt for him. He shall surely pay. If he has nothing, then he should be sold for his theft. So yeah. It's like if he's chilling in your house till, sun, till the sun comes up? I don't, I don't think that's what it's making reference to. I think it's making reference to, like, the the distinction between someone being in your house and you not like you being unaware of it. They're there. They're uh, there. But and like, there's, cause there's a difference, right? Like if someone's making their way out of my house with stuff, yeah. I'm probably not going to shoot them. Yeah. This is going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. But, <laughs> but if there's, but if they're in my house, yeah, you don't know what they're doing. I don't know. No, no, no. Like I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah, what I'm, I'm going to assume worst case scenario. So I would say that that's, that's a distinction there, but you know, Informed by what? A distinction informed by what? 
a distinction informed by intent. Because like Mississippi, so Mississippi yeah, yeah, and law. Tennessee has castle law, <clears throat> which means like I have permission. Yeah, but it also degree. means like uh, like I was thinking of this, like my car in castle law is an extension of yeah, my home, right? And so I was like, I, you know, I was like thinking through this. I was like, if I found somebody breaking into my car from my front door, I'm not drawing down on them. Uh, right. Like, yeah. I'm just not. Like, like, even though I have the rightful wherewithal under human law. precept. Yeah. yeah like, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily See, know I would that say I the would. Sun, the sun being up on him, I, I, I might, I might apply that there and say if this, the sun's up on him, like, He's not in your house. Oh, he's I see not. What you're he's saying. not applying direct yeah, yeah. threat to your family. Yeah, that's where. That's but. But then again, he charges. <clears throat> the whole situation just changed. But this is a really interesting conversation. Why? Just because there are so many variables in it. We look yeah. at this as a cut and dry. Mm. It's not a cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's like when, like I, I know guys, which I think is unhealthy that have a firearm and like one of my, I'm going to say friend, because if, if I'm too precise, I'm going to know who it is. Um, <clears throat> he often shares memes on Facebook of like a guy laying down in his bed and, uh, and, and like the meme is like he hears the door crack late at night mm. and it shows the guy with a huge grin on his face because finally someone broke in. Oh my goodness. And it's like, I understand it's a joke, but it's like, no, it's probably not the best. Right, mentality. I wouldn't want to wish myself. Yeah, in it's that like situation. I don't. I, right. My goal in life is to finish it without mur- without without killing someone. Right, like that's a goal of mine. It's a good goal. I think it's a reasonable goal. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it all boils down to situational ethics. Okay, is that fair? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like I do. Which I think Col- that text even that text even builds that out. Huh? The text the the text that you both just read builds that out. There is situational distinction. Yes. So, whether I strike an intruder with a bat, my fist, a sword, a gun. Do you have a sword? Or a lamp. I have a machete. I used to sleep with it. Well, I was actually talking to someone about this last night. I used to sleep with it by my bedside. <laughs> when I first got married. I'll be honest. That's scarier than anything else. I mean, like, can you I imagine Blake waking up machete? and hacking somebody to death with a machete? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> unsheath my machete real quick. What's what's the what's the horror uh, villain who walks around with a machete? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't. Su- I don't watch scary I don't movies because myself. I don't subject me. myself to things like that. <laughs> I don't. Watch, God is not, not giving not us a spirit of fear because <laughs> that's what that <laughs> power period. of wisdom. All right. Anyway, so uh, so I, I just said whether I strike an intruder with a bat, my fist, a sword, a gun, or a lamp, and it results in the loss of their life is pretty agnostic as to what means you use. Sure. All of all of which is a justified homicide, and none of the means matters. I would agree. Yeah, is that sure. fair? Yeah. Like, do you think that that's what that's saying? In Exodus twenty, what verse are we at? Twenty-two, two. two? Is that's that a justifiable homicide? homicide? Yeah, absolutely. There are very clear justified homicides inside of you know Mosaic law. What, what? do you mean? I guess my question though is like. And this might be getting way too deep and we can ignore it if so. But like when Jesus says like. So you're cloaked by a sword. No, I was saying when he says like if someone takes your shirt, give him your coat too. Like how do we inform that to. I thought it was if someone asked. 
Maybe it is. Or or if he asks you to walk a mile. Maybe you're just too. biased. Or, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's a textual we found you out. Uh, <laughs> Chapter and verse like right now. I, I'm just like, no. All right, let, me like, finish my, okay, let me finish sorry, my train sorry, of thought. Go ahead. Or I use a gun on the intruder. So when I say that, what do you what do you immediately think? Because I know you think I shot him. But what if you bludgeoned him with a gun? <laughs> it's actually if someone wants to sue you. <laughs> Lawson's totally ruining it. Interesting. Sorry. It's ever, exactly what? Sue. <clears throat> it's from Matthew 6. Anyway. Sorry, you sent me down the rabbit hole. What do you want from me? So Charles Kynard of <laughs> 323 Productions. Ever heard of him? Our blessed producer. Uh, sent me a bunch of articles. Sent us, sent us all a bunch of articles. True. And one of the articles, John Piper, that he sent, said that even calling the cops could be sinful if you're doing it out of anger and vengeance. Mm. You know what I said? What? Piper on that pipe on that one, y'all. Like, <laughs> That's crazy. If somebody's in my house. Yeah, for sure. I, I just think, like, from, from that standpoint. So some of this is justice. Okay. Like a lot. What? Yeah. No, go ahead. Don't give me that look and then be like... I mean, isn't God the God of justice? Yeah, but some of that is the execution of the means by which justice occurs. Like, why did God give the government the sword to Mm. punish evildoers? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And so if I have an evildoer in my house, I mean, I I think you're beyond reasonable. I mean, I also think that probably the immediate intention of someone calling the police in... uh, Calling the police because someone's in their house is actually not vengeance. It's protection mm. right mm-hmm. but then again if you steal my stuff i'm i'm still probably going to call the police yeah. and say th- i was my house was broken into yeah. i have many things stolen that's a pursuit of justice which yeah. i think is good yes yeah i agree I, yeah <clears throat> so like i think i think a lot of times like where we fall into and charles and i had this conversation <laughs> through text and it was like what was he originally who? most precious man Yes. Yeah, because he was Marco Polo. Yeah. Yeah, okay. MP. All right, so... We're all in the light now. Yeah. Everyone's so named. We were going back and forth, and so sometimes I think, like, within our conversations, like, we we think through our alienable rights as American mm. citizens yeah. and what the, like, what the law of the land is. Yeah. And then what is actually given to me as rights and then what I actually have the rights to do to like defend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and what is worth defending with, with the sword? Life. Yes. But I think too, it's like when you think about, well, you know, now we're in this, we're kind of in this uh, culture of speculation about, you know, this is, this is, this is permeates our culture about government, big government, government overreach yeah. and what if, you know, we always play the what if and the what about isms, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, and it's a fun game to play. I love playing it. It's like, okay, what if the government shows up and starts like taking your things, you know, then what, like, are we going to draw down? Are we going to do this? Like, at what point do we use force? So I said, the situation changes because when you look at what Rome was doing to Christians, yeah. Like when the state government <laughs> comes for the church, I don't think I have the right other than to accept the persecution and rejoice. The thief and the state aren't the same. I would agree with that. It's fair. Now fair. the the state can quickly become the thief. 
Yeah, but this is all situational ethics. Yeah, so we're, it's we're, like yeah, we're, it, we're playing a big what if game here. Are. But there are there, <clears throat> you've got two examples here. You've got number one. You've got the early church who dealt with persecution, really without the sword. At least they're returning it. Mm-hmm. But you also have the, um, the people who came to America and they waged war for the for the right of religious liberty. Mm-hmm. That's really what it came from. The mm-hmm. original name of the Revolutionary War was the was the um, Presbyterian Revolt mm-hmm. because they weren't going to go back to the way it once was. And so you have two models, and, and then you also have the the Great Ejection uh, in in Europe as well, where they. I mean, I, I think you can steal a lot from me, but what they stole from pastors then were their pulpits. Mm. And, you know, like they all responded differently, but they responded and most of them responded by either saying, okay, fine, or others responded by meeting in the wilderness. And, you know, like Bunyan, for instance, was arrested in the midst of it. And so, I, don't, I mean, <clears throat> the, the moment where you draw a sword, I think, I mean, I, I think the moment comes, mm. but I don't, I, I can't hard line it. Yeah, it's just interesting to me that <clears throat> Jesus, like when he says, put the sword down, because if, he was not going to build his kingdom that way. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, you know, how does that inform, like, how does that inform our ethic around, like, religious liberty, religious persecution, and, like, when to when to draw down on? And I think, like, that's where, like, we have to admit as Christians that we are, I think when we look at the state and governments, like, I, I draw long pause over, like, when to be bearing arms. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, I just look at that, like, I am passing through. Yeah. I'm an alien and a stranger. And I can't help think, but Christ said, you know, if if my kingdom was of this world, my the people would be armed, but they're not. Hmm. Yeah. All right, you're scratching your beard. Well, Even I'm just your thinking, beard is short <clears> there tiny, seems you know. to be, there seems <laughs> Y'all, to be less wisdom. he cut all his beard wisdom. I did not cut all my beard. Well, off. there's not much left. Um, but it looks nice. I like go it. Go ahead, back Thank to, you. just go to a stash. Yeah. It'd be a good look. Ooh. No, Blake. <sighs> good chisel beard. Anyway. <laughs> Handlebars. But there, you know, historically, there seems to be a progression, which I think is interesting. There kind of seems to be a progression of the suffering church. And that, you know, we watch that happen, but there tends to be a militant one as well. And by militant, I actually am not speaking of like the distinction between like the church militant and the church triumphant. I'm saying like there's a point where like one of those great famous moments that took place in America right before the Revolutionary War was, uh, I can't remember who it was, but the the pastor of the church got up there in his preaching robes, which we should bring back. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. And Imagine Lawson in his preaching robes with Chacos peeking out the bottom. You'd never see him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but can you imagine like the big arms? Like I would start gesturing yes. really wide just so that I could have Start wearing wings. one of those wigs too. Nah. Uh, but, but anyway, there was a moment where he, at the, at the conclusion of his sermon, he took off his preaching robes and underneath he had a military uniform on and it was just, it was, it was time. And so it's either, either they were in error there and I'm not, I, I'm not speaking one way or the other, but I think what we do have is we are, we are beneficiaries of the fact that they were willing to take up arms. And so like a lot of this is looking back on history and asking some ethical questions on Mm -hmm. the fruit of it Mm -hmm. and were they right? Were they wrong? But I just don't know. I don't know when that point occurs. And and I, and I, I kind of want to be, I kind of want to land at, um, I think our, our natural disposition needs to be to endure suffering. Mm. But I do think there's probably a moment where, the suffering of those around us is going to be so great 
then it's time to pick up arms. And I, I, I don't know when that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this was when I was thinking through this episode, I was like, this is what's interesting. It's really hard to parse the state. Like when the state, yeah, yeah. When when the state, the state, gets state becomes the enemy, becomes yeah. a thief, mm-hmm. like it yeah. gets really convoluted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's a hard, like, what if, so taking us back to maybe situational ethics that are a little bit more cut and dry, if you will. Sure. First uh, Peter 4.15. Lawson's going to read it. Once I get there. First Peter 4.15. But let none of you... Sorry. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Do you want me to continue? No. Okay. So what do you think the <laughs> suffering for the thief is? Justice. I do too, dude. Well, that's the whole thing. He's saying if you're going to suffer, you don't need to suffer as a criminal. Yeah. So who is allowed? Who is allowed? So my question is, who is allowed to apportion the thief his suffering and what is his suffering? The state will to the sword. Yeah, but I'm like, if he's in your home. Oh, in that case, I I am. Yeah, like, because he's not like, I mean, he is stealing from... An individual, like yeah, if the sin is enacted one to one, yeah. But I think at the same time, like we have to be careful because if he's stealing out of my car and I'm not in, I love this word, imminent danger. Yeah. So how do you determine when imminent danger is? Uh, that's that's like you know when you see it. You know when you see it, like a nasty it's like our answer to every question. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so we said Which on the bikini episode. Well, you know, well, you know that's what's the, drunkenness. You know it when you see that's it. The, <laughs> yeah, I've seen it before. <laughs> that's the how much hard to tell much you. Weed, you know, well, know, you you know where it. this originates no, from. No, we right? said one toke. <laughs> but this or, this originates from a Supreme Court decision that was that was essentially a ruling on pornography, the distinction between pornography and art, and his argument was. Um, I can't define define the difference, but you know it when you see it. And I think that there is a clear conscience-based reality built into that. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you know if you're if you're the one You tempt- know if you're in danger. Tempted well, but also you know if you're the one tempted toward I'm not really in danger, but I got you know, I got the means. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I think that's been really looking forward to sight this scope in. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like that's. Whoa. I think you know that yeah. too. What if you get like bloodthirst about yeah, it? Like, like you dream about yeah, it? Yeah. It's like okay, like maybe you need to chill out a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of bit. <laughs> maybe put down Call of Duty. Yeah. So, yeah. D- Blade, do you own a gun? No. Do you own a baseball bat? Well, uh, we already know you own a machete. machete. I have a wiffle ball bat. <laughs> I think he's like in worst company. He's got a machete. I don't know where my machete is right now. Actually. You're gonna what? I, need to find, I don't know where it is. I need to find. He's it. like Dwight Schrute. He's got like throwing stars across. <laughs> ninja Star. You remember Ninja Star guy? No. The uh, yes. redneck ninja. Yeah. I remember yeah. Those. Okay. I have no idea. Lawson, do you own a gun? Yeah. How, how many? What kind? I own um, a, I own a CZ handgun. I'm no so compact. Drew Huckabee, former yeah. elder. Drew, if Drew was on this podcast, yeah. like I own 36. Yeah, and I shoot them all every. A day. lot of times we would be having elder meetings like via FaceTime, and yeah. he would be in his basement Put like in his reloaders, <laughs> like yeah, reloading, reloading bullets. bullets. Yeah, yeah. It's like this man. I forgot about. I never got until I got to Mercy Hill. I'd never been around a bunch of people that wanted to go (laughs) to the range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's cool. Like, so I went to the men's event. Yeah, let me tell you something. I don't even know if I brought my pistol. And I just sat there because I mean, like, I know how to use a gun. Like, I grew up like hunting, and I mean, I've killed and gutted animals. Yeah, like I'm big redneck. 
But I'm like, I just, I don't really, I mean, maybe that's to each his own. I'm not judging. I'm just yeah. saying for me, like, I have no, like, real appeal, yeah. like, to going out and going shooting or whatever. No, it's super fun. But, but the, so I got to Lawson does. I'm like, I'm I got to tell the story. Because it struck me, like, people say, like, you're the most well manicured, <laughs> like, please stop. <laughs> Please stop. Glowing closet gardener redneck, you know, and I'm like, I know, man. Uh, and so, like, Lawson thing. was the same way when it was like, you like guns, dude? Like, yeah, so one of my he strikes me as like comic books and. My dad's video that game. way too, though. I don't like, do comic books anymore at you all. You look at my dad, Especially you not think he likes it, but he gay. Gay. like, he likes to go shooting. Okay, Lawson, go. Did y'all hear that Superman's gay now? What? Where he's a bisexual? Disgusting. I literally hate our world. Delete bisexual can Why are we even bring that up? We shouldn't be talking about these things. Let's move on. Anyway, so one of my one of my favorite <laughs> memories, uh, Drew, Drew and I went shooting. I mean, he was he was pretty far along in his in his cancer, and we went shooting. And, uh, and for the broader audience who those don't know, if you're just tuning in with yeah. us, Drew Huckabee passed away yeah. of uh, from brain brain yeah. cancer. So, anyways, so toward toward the toward the and end, we miss him dearly. dearly. I told Lawson yeah. the other day we were working through some of those elders, and I was like, I had a little tear in my. I was like, bro, I, I miss that man. I, like, miss him all the time. I miss him big time. Like, and it struck. Like, I miss him every day. Yeah. But this particular issue of working through, I was like, man. Yeah, yeah. I need me some Drew Huckabee. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm not alone in that, and so I'm not trying to romanticize the no, moment. But no, it's just no. like I, that was real for me. I, I miss him often. Um, the uh, we went we went shooting. You know, he at this point he he couldn't communicate really effectively. Uh, Are you going to tell the story? I, I think this is I think this is one of the <laughs> coolest. Hilarious. This is one of the coolest stories. So we go we go shooting. Wait 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 wait. I want to add something. So Lawson calls me afterwards, and he's like, "So I went to the range of Drew Huckabee," and I go, "Really." It was like kind of shocking, like yeah, he was yeah. that far yeah, along, that and far I knew along. like he was struggling through with uh, motor skills and words and whatnot. Not real motor skills, no, but more like words. At this point, yeah. And so he said, um, "I said, well, did you meet him down there? Did you go pick him up?" And he's like, "No, he drove." And I go, "Lawson." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "We <laughs> were fun." Yeah, probably shouldn't have done that, yeah, but we were fine. Yeah, yeah. We were fine. We, we were made fine. it. And I was like, uh, well, I mean, you were going shooting. Like, so yeah, go yeah, ahead. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's like one way or the other. Car but, gun. But so, but, but, I mean, it was crazy. Like, we're in the, we're talking in the car, and, you know, I'm, you kind of, at this point, kind of have to supply his words for him. But we went to the range. That man. Yeah, Lawson said this man was like six shooter on both bro, sides. Crazy. Drawing down one it knee. It was crazy. On, one knee, like barrel rolling, I mean, he, jumping up. But he doesn't. He, he never misses. <laughs> yeah. And I'm watching him shoot, and I'm thinking, bro, like, what? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> and uh, I mean, I and can't believe I am, like his fears would come true, and Drew would be like shooting the ceiling <laughs> no, or something. But I, but I mean, it's just it was so it was so. And this this was just who he, like just the res, the natural resolve in Drew in literally everything he did yeah. it was always present in him and um and so like going to shoot with him is one of my favorite memories that i have because i just remember watching someone who pretty much everybody would say the last thing you need to be doing is being you know doing things that you in this particular circumstance go mm -hmm. out and shoot do things mm -hmm. you love but it was such a joy to watch him do that and frankly teach me to mm -hmm. do things mm -hmm. as he's doing I mean, it was just anyway it was just a so part of this episode was I've I've had people within body life be like, man, you know, Mercy Hill's like a lot of gun toting, you know, <laughs> like pro gun. Have you if, like have you you laugh at this like nodding? Yeah. So, so I, I think I, so I think like yeah. I wanted to have this conversation because like it's one thing to be pro gun and to have like the license to carry yeah. the gun. 
but also like knowing that I think everybody exists in spirit filled yeah. obedience about yeah. when to draw and when yeah. to flee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's just like I think there's moments in which, you know, I just wanted to recognize where the thief would in fact go free. Yeah. You would call the authorities yeah. and have them sought down and not, not you know, not have the, you know, gun yeah. pulled on them if they're standing stealing out of your mailbox or something. Yeah. You know? the, I think the desire should always be the I think the holy desire is protection. Right. Yeah. To deter. Yeah. To deter evil. Like to pre- if Lawson was talking earlier about preserving life, it's like if no one has to die, then that would be like the yeah, that's the goal, the the top option. Yeah. You know. So I think I told. So this. hit him with the back of the machete. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think I, I didn't I, get the machete for safety purposes, but did you buy it on a mission trip? Someone bought it for me on a mission trip. Yes. This was like a rite of passage in, in like early. <laughs> I was like, early, how did you get this on Early a plane? life of like SBC. You would go on like short term mission trips. Bro. All things were happening back then. No, bro. It was 2015 <laughs> oh, or something. Oh, no. Yeah, you shouldn't have gotten that. They lied. Yeah. It's plastic. It's covered in wood. So it's kind of like the sheath is wood. Um, so I think I told this story like on a prior episode, so I'm not going to bore us with it, but it's like, that, I'll tell you, like, some people broke into our church when I was a kid. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, And so, like, guns this was went while people well, Like, during service, right? Yeah, somebody actually got yeah, shot. Yeah, like, we were doing, like, yeah. I think it was called Monday Night Precept. That was back when, back in them days, you had church on every night of the <laughs> hey, week. Amen. Every night of the week. Glad those days are gone. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so June 1st, 2018, uh, here is a resolution. Whereas the Bible affirms, is that, Revol- yeah, okay. the Bible affirms that God is the author of human life and that human life is sacred and worthy of protection. Whereas the shedding of innocent blood is a repugnant and wicked evil that transgresses the moral law of God and does violence to the image of God in every person. Whereas gun violence perpetrated against innocent persons is incompatible with the character of Jesus Christ and whereas gun-related violence results in over 30,000 deaths annually in the United States and whereas in 2018 there already have been a number of horrific mass shootings in the United States claiming the lives of precious individuals and injuring many others and whereas the mass shooting at First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Texas on November 5th, 2017 resulted in 26 murdered persons and an additional 20 injured persons and was a horrific evil that brought immeasurable grief to families affected the nation and to the broader Southern Baptist family. Now, therefore, it be resolved. That messengers to the Southern Baptist Convention meeting in Dallas, Texas, June 12, 13, 2018, do, gr- do grieve and, de- and decry the epidemic of gun violence resulting in mass shootings across America and be it further resolved that we express solidarity with all those victimized by gun violence and seek every available opportunity to minister to them in the name of Jesus Christ and be it further resolved that we commend the heroism of police officers, first responders, and bystanders who bravely intervene in violent situations to eliminate additional threats and provide emergency aid to victims. Resolve that we call on federal, state, and local authorities to address the epidemic of gun violence by evaluating the societal maladies that lead to escalations in gun violence and mass shootings and be it further resolved that we call on federal, state, and local authorities to implement preventative measures that would reduce gun violence and mass shootings while operating in accordance with the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution and be it further resolved that we affirm that gun ownership carries with it a great responsibility of being aware of the sinfulness of one's own heart and be it further resolved that we affirm that it is the depravity, sinfulness, and wickedness of the human heart that gives birth to gun violence and mass shootings and be it finally resolved that we affirm that the greatest antidote to the pandemic of gun violence and mass shootings is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is that well written or did that strike you? I think they got paid by the word. You think so? That was a lot. And by the way, if anybody needs an auctioneer, (laughs) (laughs) I want someone to listen to that on like two Two times times speed. speed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, 
what do we have in summary? We had grief expressed. We had the desire to, it sounded like the desire to uphold the Second Amendment. Yep. Yep. Um, to restrain Stop evil. illegal yes. trafficking yeah, yeah. of guns. And um, the final one being... To realize that the gospel, <clears throat> the gospel the is the answer. solution. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can safely say that the gospel is the solution mm-hmm. to literally all moral evils. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so this is where I want to take a... Yeah, like, let's take me there. It. All right. Lead so you know how we talked about in alcohol, like, teaching about Jesus? Like, like, misrepresenting water to wine, like... Oh, yeah. Like erodes the credibility mm-hmm. of the teacher and then makes you question the authority that they were using. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and you, and you, like, you look at him and you're like, okay, where, where else were you wrong? So I was thinking about it. Like, I think a lot of my life, like, people are guilty of misrepresenting Jesus uh-huh. around being like a total pacifist. Oh, for sure. You know, and like offering yeah. the gospel in such a way that it's like, Just do to- it, do it for Jesus or like do it for poor, weak Jesus. Or, you know, it's like this, this whole mentality that like he was humble and poor, like, which is totally true. Hey, so Jesus in the new Testament was also the commander of the Lord's army in Joshua. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I have a verse. Just for the sake of clarity. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Yeah, and we're not, we're not, we haven't even hit Revelation yet. We haven't. Yeah. We haven't. All <laughs> yeah. right, so let's talk about this. Like This, to me, is a more fascinating kind of little subtopic of the sub-subtopic. Lay it out. Like, why do you think, like, why do you think, yeah, like, why do you think it's just so terrible to preach? Sissified Jesus says, Vody Bachman yes, would say there we it. go. There we go. I always think my idea is original, but then he's quoting somebody that's so much smarter than me. Well, he's been here, done that. If you're on Facebook, you'd probably know. But <laughs> yeah, you would. they share that one all the time. Um, well, first of all, it's not a full orb view. It's not a what? Full orb view. Okay. It, it's it's uh, picking and choosing of the qualities that we find most admirable in him, which mm. I think you can see from a number of pulpits, right? Like there's, there's t- traditionally a sway, and the sway historically You're saying is sway and overcorrection. Yeah, really mm. in correction and an error okay. right because the the danger is like well, we we preach christ some people say that and they mean okay well we preach christ who's full of wrath and fury mm. and that's all they do mm. yeah well that's an error mm. right and then there's others who we, we preach christ who is merciful meek and mild and that's all i do well mm. you're an error too because he possesses all of these qualities so for instance in dane ortland's book where he focuses on gentle and lowly which i think is a helpful book right um but we can't have that in isolation. Yeah, well, I mean, but also you're talking about categories of people. Jesus is gentle and lowly toward his people. There, There is exactly. no wrath left exactly. for his people. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's another... Yeah, but even then when we're dealing with the wrath of God yeah, inside yeah. of the relationship to the church, is like that was expressed. Right. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. And so like w- the the thing that I think we, we miss and when we're talking about the person of Christ is we only look at him Mm-hmm. inside the accounts of the gospel, yeah. which if we want to be honest, while that is a very important portion of his existence, he has existed eternally, right? So mm. in Genesis 1 all the way till his incarnation, all of that is the same God, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then, and really when you see him in the Old Testament, I mean, the commander of the Lord's army, um, as, as, as he's already mentioned, like the conquest of, of Canaan, is executed under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Mm. The conquest of the world to, of, of the, his second advent 
is led by the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We will we will sit back and applaud his execution of justice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's where I think we need to have an understanding that w- there really should be an embodiment of both. At, so, like, if we ask the question, what would Jesus do, which is kind of, you know, that's one of those questions mm-hmm. we've asked a lot historically. We need to have a full orb view of that. I it was a bracelet. Yeah, it was a, no, but I mean, think about how all, that, that, that question <laughs> comes up. Stop it. Uh, but like, but there's a statement. There's there's a response to that bracelet now. Have you seen this? He no. would love first. He would love first. Mm. Well, part of the love part first. Agree, love part agreed to define it. Yeah. Yeah. Define yeah. It. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Exodus 15, 3, Blake. You want to read that? You've not gotten in on the Bible reading. This is going to be my conclusion verse, but then I was like, ah, oh, it just fills out this conversation uh, so much more. All right, Exodus 15. 15 you don't have it memorized? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it says, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord yep. is his name. All-consuming oh, fire? Yeah. Against his enemies? Yeah, oh, that's what, I yeah. mean, that in the context, isn't he talking about Pharaoh? And, yes. Yeah. yeah, against his enemies. So I think like this whole idea of like someone breaking into my house, yeah, and saying like, "Well, I'm going to love my enemies, and I'm going to I'm going to rejoice in them pilfering, even pilfering." I want to try to be discreet when I say this, but like taking not only things but persons. Yeah, no. You know, it's like if I if I if I said like the witness there was to be a pacifist the whole time, I have lost. The true biblical definition of love. Big facts. And I have I have forfeited my duty. Oh no, you've you've wholly abandoned your responsibility as a man. And I was actually hoping like, And I'm was, saying like <clears throat> we we can like we can gather everybody up and flee. Yeah. Or we can stand our ground yep. and fight. And I'm not even saying at that point, like whether you've got a machete. I love the fact you have a machete. <laughs> yeah. Or a gun or because, a shovel because the gun or is a, whatever. The gun's a tool. It is. It's a tool Definitely. and it needs to be treated as a tool. Definitely. It's like whether you have a machete, a bat, a racket. My dad always taught me beat him with a tennis racket. And I can swing a tennis racket. Right. And so like, you know, <laughs> th- these are these are tools. But but how how you're actually acting, the ethics of it, right? the tools are relevant. Right. Um, you know, it's it's what we're doing with it. But the the place that I was hoping that this would go is the responsibility of manhood, mm. because I think that it's a dereliction of duty. Mm. If you sit back and you watch your family and 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 your stuff, I look, stuff is stuff. It'll burn, mm. right? But the idea, and this is what this is what irks me about Piper's statement, and I and I thoroughly appreciate Piper mm-hmm. in so many different areas, but this one always confused the mess out of me, mm-hmm. especially since he has spent so much time dealing with biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of his mm-hmm. hobby horses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he gets some things on biblical manhood, especially wrong, mm-hmm. um, because you know, like right now we're looking at this in my one of my classes, but you know, in First Kings where. Um, where David charges Solomon to be a man, mm-hmm. his immediate statement on the back end of it is be strong. Mm. And there is expression to strength. Mm-hmm. Just like there's an expression to women being nurturing, there's an mm-hmm. expression to that. It's mm-hmm. given out. And you refraining or refusing to express mm-hmm. the gifts and the way that God made you mm-hmm. is a dereliction of duty. Mm-hmm. And so as a man, if you sit back and you watch violence occur against those who God gave you stewardship over, mm-hmm. I'm calling it sin. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this. What what if you lose that battle? What? No, I guess so. Like I've been thinking about this a lot and thinking about like, we talk a lot about like the, 
like the idol of safety. Sure. And like, I guess like, and I don't have an answer. This is really just a question, but like I'm trying to reconcile not having the idol of safety and becoming, I guess like the, like saying like, it's my job to keep them safe. But like, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I, think, no, I think I've got a buddy, like a buddy that he was dealing with a, he didn't know at the time, like he had a cyst on his lung. And mm-hmm. so he was really bothered by like, Lord, don't take me. Don't take me now because what about my kids? Mm-hmm. You know, like he was, he was almost mm-hmm. self-consumed with himself, yeah. his safety Mm-hmm. For the sake of his kids. And I said, we were eating at uh, Jimmy John's at the time. I'll never forget it. He said, this made the biggest impression on me because I looked at him and I said, you need to be a man, brother. And he goes, what is that supposed to mean? And I go, <laughs> they have a much better father and protector than you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think like to your point, Blake, like you can make safety against all threats, whether external by the thief or even, you know, mm-hmm. bodily harm you know, even your body with, yeah. a, with a virus or whatever, yeah. you know, like you can make that such an idol that my family is so dependent on having their safety provided yeah. by me yeah. being the means that we forget that God is actually, is that? That's it, where I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out where's the line with that of like, it's up to me to keep them safe. And, but I don't want to be, make that an idol. Does that make sense? But I don't think that, I don't think those things are at odds. Well, I think the situation that we painted was, like breaking and entering yeah and there is an actual threat mm-hmm. against my self and my families yeah you know my, my the members of my family yeah and it's just like i think in that situation that's very clear in my mind that i'm either i would have no problem somebody running for their life out the back door and the father leading in that regard or if it was turning and fighting and using all means necessary to mm-hmm. protect what's theirs, I don't think any outcome of any situation there is in my mind negative. Like I think all of it is like a discipline in protecting your family. Exactly. But, I, but I was thinking through like, what if you stayed and you fought? What if you what if you were entrapped and you lost that fight and harm was done to your family and the church and the family members and the, your broader family were left with the devastation of that? It's like, what, like, how do we then function? Like, I think that's where like, Mm -hmm. do not seek vengeance comes in. Right. And it's where we have to trust the God of all vengeance to settle all accounts in the end. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't even think in that situation, if I was living and I saw devastation befall my family, that even any court of law would ever be able to mediate justice on my behalf that I would be satisfied with. You have to, you have to be, you have to be okay with, and I think, maybe to strengthen it, you have to be able to rejoice that justice will be done. Yes. And, it, and, and, but the catch here is we have to be able to celebrate that justice will be done either in their just condemnation mm. or in Jesus's condemnation for the one who did that harm. Mm. Both of those have to be, we have to gladly receive that and trust that it's just, which means that when, should we have entered the gates of paradise before him, we would mm-hmm. applaud as this mm-hmm. one who did evil to our family mm-hmm. entered. And so like, yeah, even if you were living to see his conversion, his regeneration, yeah. his conversion, it yeah. was like, if we have a weak understanding of the cross of Christ, yeah. like you're going to fail to understand that all perfect yeah. satisfaction and justice has been served. Yeah. And that you have no record of offense. Like yeah. we should be able to lay down all those yeah. records. Now, I, I do want to. I do want to go back here because I. I don't think. I don't think having an idolatry of safety, and 
understanding that God uses means or at odds with one another. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Yeah, and I, but 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 sometimes I think that our there's there's this idea because God will execute perfect justice in the end that we need not act here. Mm. And I think I think first of all the government being first and foremost an indication that that's not the case. God set it up mm-hmm. for the intention of being mm-hmm. um, being a sword to those who do evil and to reward those who do good. But I think it's also in the way that he set up the family. Like for for God to give man the strength that he gave him, it implies intent, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is roles that he's given and it's linked to the, to the way that he created us. And he created us to be strong, to be able to defend, to protect our families. And so, for instance, your illustrations both, I think, are helpful because there is a time where the strength is is being controlled in a terrible situation and being able to get your family out. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, a time fleeing for being outnumbered. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a time where it says, you know what? It's me or my family mm-hmm. and I'm going to stay and my family's going to get out. Mm-hmm. There's fortitude there. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, there is those roles that are set up, I think are clearly indicative of the way that we are to actually respond. And I, I don't think that God has made man to, to sit passively while evil is done. Mm. And that's and that's where it really comes down to. It's like at a certain point, there's there's evil on the horizon that's threatening mm. that which is good. And whether that be my family or my goodness, Don, if I'm in your house mm-hmm. and I spend the night there and someone comes to do harm mm-hmm. to your family, mm-hmm. what would you say to me if I allowed your family to be mm-hmm. harmed while I jumped out the window? Right, if you stood on watch and allowed it to Absolutely. Pass, yeah. You'd call me a coward. Mm-hmm. And, you, and if we're going to be really precise... Mm-hmm. The word coward is in that list of people that don't inherit the kingdom of God. Right. And so, you know, there's yeah, a... Julie makes this fun. She's tongue in cheek about it, but it's just like back early in the years of our marriage, <laughs> the alarm was going off. And we had one of these alarms in this house where it was like, it just went off. Yeah. Randomly. yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, didn't know what window was open, but some sensor in the system was broken. It's screaming. Oh, yeah. And I'm like dead to the world. Yeah. So she's shaking me. <laughs> get up, get up. Well, I grabbed the pistol... And it's a revolver. It's a thirty-two, and it's in a leather like, yeah, uh, like. Uh, but to have a holster, somebody. yeah. And so I'm like, I'm just have the grip on it. You know, it's not even. I've not even unholstered oh the gun. Like, and I'm walking around like half asleep, and she's like, she'll tell the story. <laughs> You've told me this story before. <laughs> and be like, and she's like, this guy <laughs> was so weak and ineffective. Like, she's like, give he, it to me. <laughs> yes, yes. But it goes to your point. Like, I'm being tongue in cheek, but yeah. it's just like, I mean, I think she like has this caricature mm-hmm. of like the thing that I was doing was the exact opposite that she knew the eye test was right. Yeah. You know, which should have been. You know, I, I guess, you know, I should have had the gun out. Yeah, ready to go. Ready to go, yep. you know. And so it's just like, whatever that is, in that case, I had a gun, but I yep. think you've got to be the protector of which, your Which, home. you know, the joke, I had this conversation earlier. The joke, I told somebody, they asked me why I own a gun. I said, well, I don't know Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, you know, I, I, I have to, I'm not... I, I'm not you don't? The, like <laughs> I'm not? not like I think of the men. There's men that I think of inside of our congregation. It's like don't break into their house, right? Like you don't want that, right? <laughs> and, you know, you'll be happy if you come out dead. Yeah. Like there's and and so the like, that's how I feel about it. Like I know that these men are capable. Oh, I saw an article on the news the other day. These two pit bulls had been taken into custody by like I forget what police department this was. <laughs> But it was like some dude came up and was getting in the house and they mauled him to death. Oh. And the, the state was going to give him the dogs back. 
because <laughs> like I mean that's like one of those things where it's yeah. like hey bro you shouldn't have gone in there yeah like yeah. the dogs didn't do anything wrong no, like they actually did what was right like, nobody's even judging the <laughs> yeah. dogs you know <laughs> dogs are fine <laughs> right <laughs> yeah might keep, might keep them away from other people but um, here's a milk bone <laughs> yeah but 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 the reason but the reason that I the reason I learned goodness gracious the reason that I went and was taught by you know Greg Johnston and Drew Huckabee was because I did not feel like I was adequately equipped to protect my family mm. if something were to occur. Like, I got a tennis racket, but I, I don't know what they're bringing. And so I need to be able to protect my family. And I think that's the major premise. Going back to your, you asked a question at the, at the outset, do you think it's wrong to not own a gun? No, I don't. Right, yeah, I don't here. think there's, a, there's not a mandate there. Right. But I think that you do need to be prepared as a man to protect your family mm. in, in whatever capacity that looks like. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to shake it one more time, get it all out. We good? I'm trying Lawson, to think if good? there's anything else. Lawson always unpacks these episodes in hindsight, and he's like, oh, I wish I should have. Uh, should have uh. So I'm, I, I'm trying to give you the moment. Yeah, no. Because you did say you want to be done with this uh, series for Yeah, but actually, so. he's like beamed through yeah. all three. Well, because this His is color's linked. good. This, this color is stop. good. <laughs> this is, to me, this is linked. Like the question of firearms, I think, is linked to the biblical ethic of men protecting yes that's that's what i think we really kind of innately link it to because i'm not dealing with this from the second amendment like yeah no no, no, that's not my desire here my desire is to say that that there is a responsibility placed upon men to defend and protect that which god has given them and that's where i think we've misunderstood and, and perhaps even more so inside of our culture today where there's this concept of effeminate men or something of that mm-hmm. nature we, mm-hmm. we've we've traded in the responsibilities that god gave us for lesser responsibilities or or just have a total dereliction of duty altogether. or to like blake said like i wanted to draw it into biblical revelation and yeah say, exactly. like let's let's look at how the lord of war yeah. operates and how he controls his people and yeah. what what are their true and lasting possessions what kingdom do they ultimately belong yeah. to? And I just see, like, we, we see sometimes I think we can be as as really uh, American Christians enabled by the Constitution and mm. local laws yeah. that we would be like, man, if I saw somebody get into my car, you know, it's like we'll get yeah, real tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, you know, you just hear, you know, I've, I've been around folks that have been like the total opposite of that. Well, I'm exercising my right, and I'm like, oh. About that, you know, it's yeah. like I don't think that my conscience would be clear. No, mine wouldn't be. You have rights to do a lot of things, huh? You have rights to do yeah. a lot of things. You probably shouldn't right, do. right. And I think all three of these episodes have yeah. exercised yeah. like some things that are legal are not always profitable. And I think in this yeah. case, like that answers that that same that you know beckons that same question. This may be legal and lawful, yeah. but is it profitable? Another question you you brought up that we didn't hit was what happens if you fail? Hmm. And I think. This goes back to when we talk about faithful labor here. And I think that's a helpful way to think about it. Like God's planted me inside of my home to faithfully labor for their protection. Mm. And I will faithfully labor for their protection. If there, is there a possibility that I fail in that? Mm. Absolutely. There yeah. is. Yeah. But this goes back to what you said about, you know, if I fail, then I've, I've, I've been faithful in my labor. Mm-hmm. If something, if someone's going to harm my family, mm. it's going to be over my dead body or mm-hmm. my totally you know, incapable mm-hmm. body at that mm-hmm. point. And that's where we have to say, you know, should that happen and the Lord spare the lives of those others, mm-hmm. then we would have to look at that man and say, brother, thank you for faithfully mm-hmm. laboring to protect your family. Mm-hmm. You did what was godly and mm-hmm. right. And it was exemplifying. And like it, it's, it's exemplary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God was honored. Mm-hmm. 
I have no problem saying that God was honored in our defense of our families. So in conclusion, I have a Bible verse. It's Ecclesiastes 9.18. It says, Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Hmm. So I'd like to thank my... Actually, I'd like to thank these two sons of guns for the time spent today. I think we stuck to our guns, fellas. My brothers and my friends, Godspeed. Did you write out the cold opening, you psychopath? <laughs>